the magician's code. Welcome back to The Magician's Code. My name is Hadlin, and on this episode, we speak and learn from a magician from Sweden. Her name is Caroline Raven. And man, she has so much valuable information that she shares on this podcast in regards to branding and performing and creating a team. It's incredible. I had an amazing time learning from her, and I know that you are going to be able to take a lot of information from this and apply it immediately into your entertainment careers. So without further ado, let's jump into it. And a special quick note is she's having a live show in an 1100 person. We're going to get to it. All right. Without further ado, let's speak and learn from Caroline Raven. All right, Caroline, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Thanks for jumping on the podcast today. Of course. Thanks for having me. So I first found out about you through Vanishing Inc. They had a magic conference mm-hmm. and uh, you had a presentation on there and with a lot of great, great tips on like social media and whatnot. So first off, thank you for that because that's been very helpful. That's for sure. Thank you. And you're welcome. <laughs> so your magic journey, I know you've probably told this story many times, but I'd like you to maybe tell it to magicians now. Where did it all begin? Like, where did you get the magic bug, so to speak? Well, it all started with my grandfather. He was a magician, not like professionally or anything like that. But uh, he was one of those who would come up to me when I was like three, four years old and be like, oh, Caroline, what's that thing behind your ear? And it could be, you know, coins to candy or a shoe with a soda inside, you know, all the magic stuff. Yeah. Uh, and my dad is a politician. So, I mean, it's, it's been very clear to me that it's okay to be lying on the job. <laughs> so, uh, so that's always been encouraged. So I decided to... Uh, so, you know, as a rebel teenager, I decided to go the other way in a way. So I studied theology for five and a half years. Um, a lot of people ask me like, oh, did you regret that? Because I have, you know, a student loan and all of that. And it was a long time, five and a half, five and a half years is a long time. Uh, but I learned so much, mainly about myself and about what I believe in and how to talk to people. And I used to work in church a lot with homeless people and youth groups and, you know, with kids. And uh, I, I find it be, um, it was a very good education for me. And I think that anything you can have except for the magic career before you actually enter is, is very good for you. I mean, either you're maybe a waiter or maybe you work in like a car shop or whatever. It's always a good experience to have. And maybe the church was my way to get into a way of talking to people. Um, but yeah, so that's where it all started. Uh, after my grandfather passed away, I didn't do any magic for 15 years. It was a very long time. And uh, well, there was like two weeks in high school. There was this one guy who did a card trick for me. And I was like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't really. Uh, but, but he was cute. So, uh, but, so about two weeks in high school. And then he ended up going out with my girlfriend. So I was like, yeah, no, no tricks for me. Um, so I stopped doing magic again, and uh, 2013, I met Tom Stone at a magic bar here in Stockholm. It's not here anymore, unfortunately. 
but that's where we met. And about two months later, I quit my job in the church to do magic full time. Oh, wow. And he was like, you're crazy. And, uh, and my family said the same thing. But, but you know, um, I, I had some money saved up and I thought that if I wanted to be an artist full time, I should just, you know, go all in and mm-hmm. have no regrets. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So I know it's like you say two months in, but you really, you started way before that. I did. Yeah. yeah and yeah. even though I wasn't performing any magic for about 15 years, there was always a deck of cards with me anywhere that oh, yeah? I went. Yeah. Awesome. I've always been fascinated with playing cards, but I didn't really know that you could design your own until like 2014, right. um, which is very late, but yeah. And just as a quick side note, uh, just like looking at your website and whatnot, you definitely know how to brand because the photos and everything on here are super high quality, very professional. And like just that alone, I think a lot of magicians can take a lesson from on, yeah. you know, on, on building yourself. Yeah, it's funny that you uh, say that because I just now got a new, like the time schedule for my new website, like two minutes before starting this meeting. Oh. Uh, so we're rebuilding it. Um, my, my agent always says, I don't know what the word is for that. We know when you drive the car and you have the lane that's like the fast lane. Yeah. So she always says, look in the fast lane. Is it empty? And I always say, yes. And then she's like, okay, then just go. So that's how we do everything. We just double check. There's no one else in that lane and we just go. And hmm. I, mean, I mean, the Corona really hit our industry very hard. I yeah. mean, all of my gigs were lost in 48 hours, which was, you know, devastating in so many ways. But I think that when all of this is over, everyone is going to be looking for live entertainment and, you know, uh, us professional magicians, especially in that time. So I decided to do whatever I can to be prepared for, for when that happens. And one part of that is creating my new website. That's something we've been talking about for years. So I'm very happy that you like the old one because the new one is going to be 2.0. <laughs> oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah and speaking of like the Corona and whatnot, um, I know just before the podcast, you had mentioned something that's kind of blowing my mind right now. Yeah. Because, because <laughs> w- why don't we just dive? I won't even mention anything. I'll just let you talk about that because you, okay. you, it's it's just it's crazy. You you have a, a theater booked. Yeah, so it all started two years ago. So we have to back it up. Uh, I started two years ago with a national tour called Where the Magic Happens. And it was a great sold out tour. And we did big theaters, like 500 seats plus. And uh, it was great. I had a lot of fun. And I always wanted to produce my own show. And... um, and right after the tour was over, I was like, yeah, we want, we're going to do a new tour. It's going to be October 2020. And uh, we were all set to do it. But then Corona hit and we decided to not do the tour, which was, you know, sad in so many ways. Because, I mean, I've still been working on the show and creating new stuff and invested so much time and money. And, uh, and we're a big team, too. So we're 16 people in my team. And uh, everyone is like, what, what, is, what is happening? Why are we not doing it? So we decided to book a theater of 1,154 seats. Uh, and the law in Sweden right now is you can have 50 people in the same room at the same time. So okay. I guess we're going to be 49 plus me uh, in the audience. It's going to be crazy empty. 
we're having five or six cameras from a guy who is used to doing live performance, live streamed on TV. So it's going to be high quality. Uh, hello, Netflix. Uh, no, we're not selling it to Netflix. Uh, yeah, it's going to be my show right there. And uh, we're selling tickets worldwide. So it's going to be in English. And uh, yeah, it's going to be huge. Um, very, very interesting. So we just booked it today and we're releasing it. When is this getting out? This episode? Um, unfortunately, I think it's going to be after you already have it out. Your, your show. Uh, we're doing the yeah. show 21st. But, but you know what? Maybe I'll just move this straight ahead of everything just so that we can, we can help with that. Yeah. Because this is episode, I believe, fifth, 15 or 16. Yeah, we're, we're quite ahead on the, on the podcast here. So, mm-hmm. so, yeah, you know what? Maybe we'll just push it ahead so that way we can make it a, for, for in time for your show. That would be amazing. Because, yeah, magicians need to know about this. And this is incredible. Because, I mean, a lot of people, they they don't know how to put together a show, what tricks to use. And I see a lot of... I see a lot of performers out there where they put the tricks just on top of each other and that's not making a show. So as I said, we're a big team. So everything is created as an actual show. And that's what I want to show the world. Like uh, you don't have to just go to YouTube to see one trick and then another one and then another one. You can actually, as a magician, enjoy watching a professional on a big stage during this time too and be inspired to do the same thing because I'm not sure this is leaving us anytime soon. Exactly. Yeah. And like in Canada here, I don't think we're even going to have a Christmas season as far as uh, shows go, because just the way that they've released all the numbers, it doesn't look like gatherings of more than 30 are going to be happening for a long time. Oh, wow. What a shame. And I just started doing cruises last year. And well, I'm still booked in August to do a cruise, but that's not going to happen. Yeah. And if it is, I'm not sure I want to go. <laughs> you can hope anyways. That'd be, yeah. Yeah. So that's crazy. 1100 seat theater. That's, that must be a beautiful theater. First off. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And it's going to be so weird though, having like 20 people in the audience. <laughs> yeah. Cause a lot of people are going to be on stage with the cameras and, you know, and the tech people. Uh, this is going to be very strange, but I mean, I can't really do my show without anyone being part of the show. I need someone right. to hard or to sit on this envelope or think of a word. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's going to so be, really be cool. in a very exclusive audience. That's, that's yes. really, really cool. Invite only. In- <laughs> <Watch your hands>. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, when you're building a show and yeah. you said you have 16 people, so you must have a lot of working parts going on behind the scenes. Not really, which is the interesting no? part. No, oh. it's uh, the team is 16 people, but I'm the only one who goes out on the tour and I bring my agent. I don't have anyone backstage. I don't have any stage hands or anything like that. I don't have okay. my own, don't have my own sound or lighting people. Um, it's just, you know, consultants who would like to get paid in pizza and beer. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> Because uh, I, I mean, I, I see magic as something that should be more considered an art than it is. Yes. A lot of us, they think like, okay, it's my show, it's my tricks, I'm not going to share it. But I believe we should do it the other way around. Like, I mean, look at the magicians that 
are making it out in the world. Those are the people who are actually inviting other people, other arts into their little circle. And also if we look at musicians or comedians, they have a big team around them that actually create it together. And I think the people in my team, they see this as an opportunity to grow themselves in their own business and they get to be uh, on the inside of creating something that's, you know, on a bigger scale than maybe just pick a card and a card. It's, I think that if we as magicians can view ourselves and our art this way, we're going to elevate the entire industry. And, I agree. Uh, yeah, it's I kind of a shame agree. that we don't do that. <laughs> so Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And that's, it's all about the collaboration. All the magicians, if we all just work together, and made a world where, you know, everybody just got hooked on magic shows. Yeah. Then we all benefit from that, right? Absolutely. And the better the worst magician is, the better it is for the rest of us. Yes. You know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what would you say to, you know, a magician that is kind of weary about talking to other magicians or something like that because of maybe of a past... Uh, negative experience and they want to try to flip that yeah uh, i'll give you a clear example of how i work it's uh, you know the vanishing ink one we had thirty thousand people watching yeah that's crazy it's crazy and uh i have a trick that i've been working on for like half a year now called signed card to pillow we don't have the exact solution yet but we want there to be a pillow fight and then and the signed right. card and inside the pillow i want the big knife just open it up and there's a signed card inside and th this is something I've been worked, working on for a long time. And it's not perfect yet. It's not like ready to be out there. And I just shared it with the world. And I got a lot of feedback on this. Everyone was like, everyone who is not a professional magician was like, thank you so much for sharing. I'm so inspired. This is how I would do it. While the professional magicians were like, how can you share a secret like that? And I was like, what are you talking about? I mean, isn't this what we're doing here? Isn't this what we're supposed to do? Um, so I think a lot of people have been stabbed in the back with tricks that they're creating or, you know, methods or a show order or whatever. Right. Um, but I think that if, if we just find a way to be more like the Cardist community where they share everything, it's going to be easier because, I mean, there's no magicians that are alike. It's such a small industry. We're not that many and we have enough audience uh, that goes around. I mean, most people only see one magician in their life. Shouldn't you be the best one they've seen if you're that person? Uh, so if, if we can find a way to just say, uh, say that we're done with that, it's like if, if we're being hurt or if we're being, you know, feeling uh, exposed or whatever, we're feeling maybe shame, uh, just let that go and maybe just feel like, okay, let's move forward because otherwise it's not going to happen. So if you have um, a negative experience in the past, maybe you just have to let yourself say that it's fine, you know? Because, um, I mean, so, it's, like, uh, it's like when you're having a fight with a partner or a family member, uh, you know that you have to move forward, right? Because you're going right. to you're have to be able to see that person <laughs> in the eye again. And you kind of have to do the same thing with the magic industry. If something went wrong, then leave it behind and move forward. Um, but I think that the more open we can be as a community, the better it is. The more great ideas will come from this. I got a very good email from a guy that I'm guessing is not a professional magician because uh, I never heard the name before. And he just told me he, how he would do card to pillow, asking for nothing. He was like, this is a great idea. Here's how I would do it. Please, good luck. Send me a video if you do it. 
And I think that's what I want for the industry. Just open up and how can we make this cool? Yeah. Why don't we all just work together? This is great. Absolutely. I mean, we're getting so many great books out right now. It's like, uh, you know, um, Ben Hart released a book called uh, uh, Something Corners. Do you know this book? No. Uh, The Darkest Corners, maybe. Ben Um, Hart. Ben Hart. Yeah, he's amazing. He was on Britain's Got Talent and he's very, very charming. And he has this way of mesmerizing the entire audience just with his looks. And it's it's great. He's amazing. Uh, But he released a book and I think it's called In the Darkest Corner or something like that. Where he basically shares everything from his amazing show. And the same thing with Morgan and West. They they had this book where it's a beautiful book too, uh, where in, inside the book, you just open it up and there's a link to their show. So you watch the show and then you read the book, which oh, is wow. great. It's Interesting. Great. Yeah. I mean, we have to think more like that because otherwise we're just going to see each other as competitors and not colleagues. Exactly. And in, in reality, we shouldn't be competing with each other because we are such a small niche of entertainers. Mm-hmm. The other entertainers are technically competitors, but then even still, we could work together with musicians and da 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 da, right? Absolutely. And we should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if we don't, then it kind of feels like we're missing out on a huge part of the input that we should get. Because if we're looking at theater or opera or movies, none of these are made by one single person. So why should magic shows be? Why right. are we giving the audience less than they're asking for? Right. That's yeah. a good point. I really like that. Yeah. You're welcome. So, <laughs> <laughs> My grandfather so, said something good. He okay. said, um, a magician's job is not to keep the secrets of magic from the audience, but to keep it for them. So Ooh. it's great, isn't it? So, I mean, I'm thinking that maybe... Maybe if we, as the community, can find a way to keep the secrets and not like share each other's secrets on YouTube and stuff, uh, hint, you know, Jabrizi and the other people. I really like Jabrizi, by the way. He's doing a great job. Even though if you want people to react on what they're seeing, please have them watch what's happening. Don't see yeah. the back. Uh, I mean, it's, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Uh, but... It doesn't. But I mean, that, that could be great. But anyways, so well, what was I saying? <laughs> First I was giving shit to Jabrizi and then I'm like, what am I saying? <laughs> it started with a quote from your grandfather. Beautiful oh, yeah, quote. Yeah. Beautiful quote uh, that I just ruined. Uh, <laughs> no, but that's fine. <laughs> no, but I'm thinking that maybe if we can find a way to make magic the secret that it's supposed to be, not having it being exposed or, you know, this is how the trick is done or this is how Shin, Shin Lim did the thing on, um, what was it, America's Got Talent. Um, so I think that if, if we can find a way to keep the magic secrets uh, for ourselves, that's going to be a great way for us to move forward together as a community. Um, because I think that a lot of people are seeing it as an opportunity to grow their social media by exposing tricks, but wouldn't it be better to go the other way around to like show them great tricks that are, you know, built for that type of audience instead of just creating, you know, uh, misery in our industry. (laughs) Now you brought up uh, an interesting topic here where, you know, what, where, where does mad, where's the line for magic? If you're doing it on a camera and it's for the audience on the other side, like a cell phone, right? Mm -hmm. So if you hire actors to play a Mm -hmm. part in a video, how wrong is that? And like, where's the line? 
Yeah, where is the line? I mean, when you buy a ticket to go see a magic show, you're kind of signing uh, an invisible contract saying that it's okay that you're going to fool me. Mm-hmm. And that contract is not there if you're doing it online for a camera. Mm. Um, and also, I, I mean, I got a request to do a, a commercial where they wanted me to vanish a car. Well, really, they wanted me to get a car to like levitate and, you know, have the, the drape thing and then remove the drape and then the car would be gone and then it would come out from like a car wash and it would be clean. You know, it was a great <laughs> idea. And I was like, yeah, what kind of budget do you have? And they're like, oh, we have $5,000. And I was like, huh. <laughs> that, that's not that's... even cover me going up in the morning. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, so, and they were like, yeah, and we want the actors, uh, that, that sees this to be amazed. And I'm like, yeah, you hire actors, right? And if you want to do this, hire like someone who has a green screen, cause no one is going to watch this thing on TV and think, oh my God, she went to Hogwarts. Um, cause people don't see it that way when they watch magic online. I mean, they, they're mesmerized. Of course, I think it's great and I think it's fun, but I think the line, <laughs> I think the line just, you have to think about it yourself in a way. Like, what do you feel as the artist is good? Because, um, I mean, what is magic really? Is it the reaction? Is it the effect? Is it the, the connection? Or what is the magic mm-hmm. for you? And for me, it's, it's more about the connection with people than making them feel fooled, you know? Right. Um, and not everyone is going to agree with me on this, and that's fine. But for me, I would never hire someone to react in front of a camera. Right. Yeah. And I, I agreed on that, that front as well, because you should get honest reactions because I think an audience can actually, they can feel when it's real. Absolutely. And and if, if someone's pretending, even if they're like a trained actor, there's still, there's still something there, you know? So we kind of touched just now on your definition of magic. Um, What would you say to somebody if they asked you if magic is real? I would tell them that I'm sorry that it's not. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I I think that the best way for me to live my life as a professional magician and get hired to do my job is to see myself as an entertainer and a, you know, like an artist. Um, And I don't believe that it's going to be beneficial for me to say that magic is real Um, because people are not that, dumb you know can i say yeah. that without sounding weird um and also people don't believe in santa anymore you know um but yeah. magic is real in the sense of the feeling that it creates um i i've done three ted talks so far i was going to do the fourth one this fall but i think it's going to be postponed uh but the first one was called childlike wonder and i had this like theory that's like uh we have a saying in sweden that is killisning which means a guy making a guess <laughs> so we do okay. it so many times that it's it's called a killisning which is a great word that basically says i had known nothing about this but i'm saying it with like authority and then it sounds right <laughs> uh so I, I had that thing for my ted talk where i was talking about maybe magic uh, and peekaboo have the same center in the brain triggered when it's being like you know used i guess so uh, when babies are uh, exposed i guess to peekaboo they get shocked in the beginning and then it becomes a game right right and so maybe magic is the first type of communication that we learn to understand if the same center is triggered in the brain uh so i'm thinking 
that maybe magic is important in that fact of having us get that childlike wonder again, because we don't get that feeling anywhere else. Maybe when we watch a movie, we can feel sad or happy or excited or scared, but that feeling of wonder, you can basically only get from a magician. Right. And that's, that's something that we should be very careful about exposing, you know, yeah. we should have it. Um, it needs to have somewhere to go. You know, so we need an audience for that. And that brings us back to the cameras. It's uh, to create the feeling of wonder. I believe you have to have the connection and it's hard to do like this. Right. Says yeah. the person who just booked a huge theater to do a live show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which again, I can't wait to see how that turns out because I know it's going to be amazing. And this is just like something that'll inspire other magicians to, to start doing the same or similar in their own hometowns and cities and whatnot. It's, it's yeah, amazing. I mean, the theaters so. are standing empty, so why not? Just call Great. the city up and ask them if you can use the theater. Yeah, so. and you'll probably get a really good rate on it too. They are actually paying for it. Oh, wow. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Phenomenal. So, I mean, That's yeah, fantastic. They're hired by the city. Yeah, they're hired by the city, so they don't have anything else to do and they need to get their salary. So. I mean, why not? <laughs> awesome. Okay. You know what? After this, to later today, I'm going to make the jump. I'm going to call my local theater because I, I love this. Please do. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. What in your life so far, what has been the most memorable magic moment? And it doesn't even have to be like in the magic community or anything like that. It could just be something in your life. But what, what's the most magical thing that's happened to you so far? It's, it's funny, but the first thing I thought about is me being alone. And this, we need to back this up again. I, I was a very bullied child. I never believed I can do anything by myself. And, you know, when you're being told that all the time, it kind of becomes the truth. And I was called them ugly and, you know, I, I wasn't going to be anything. And it was, uh, it was very sad and long and I had to switch schools and, you know, all of that shit. But, uh, so it's funny that the, the memory that pops to me is me being alone, creating something by myself. And, and it was when I was doing Where the Magic Happens, the show that I was touring, on the premiere, I was sitting on the stage and the curtain was down and the smoke machine just started pouring out the smoke and I could hear everyone on the outside, full theater. And I just sat there by myself, ready to do the show. And I was so excited. And I was not nervous, not one single bit. I was more, you know, happy and proud. And for me, that was a very magical moment where I was thinking to myself that I can do anything. And uh, yeah, I can. And so can you. I love it. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. That was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> do you have a, a routine that you do prior to walking on stage? No, I, I do a lot of uh, power posing, but I do that daily. Uh, mm. So I find a pose that I really feel confident in. Um, lately, it's been Superman. So I raise one hand to move towards the roof. Okay. So um, I kind of stand like Superman, or you can do maybe Superwoman if you feel better that way. So you just uh, have your legs uh, shoulder width apart, and then you have your knuckles against your hips, and then you look up in the sky and think about you know great things uh, for about two minutes, and it's going to make you feel happy. Interesting. Um, 
So that's what I do. You should look that up, power posing. Um, yeah. But I don't have like a specific, specific meal that I need to eat or like a music mm-hmm. that I need to listen to. Um, I have the same outfit every time and it makes me feel, you know, good about myself. And uh, I know that I'm ready when I put it on. Uh, right. Other than that, I don't really have anything. That would um, be your, your superhero outfit. My cape. Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> my Batmobile. <laughs> nice. Okay. That's really cool. Do you so, have one? Uh, the what? Sorry. Do you have one like a like a ritual before a show? I do. There, I listen to a song and I just kind of meditate while listening to that song, behind <laughs> backstage. And then, when it uh, hits a certain point, I open my eyes and I'm ready. And I take the headphones out and we're good to go. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a commercial. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> So oh, we kinda, there's one thing that I always oh. think about. I always think um, that uh, the, my only goal with the night or whatever it is, is that I want to have just as much fun as the audience. So I never go out thinking, oh, I'm going to fool them or they're going to be, you know, mesmerized or they're going to be, you know, all of that because I love my job and the best part of the job is being out on the stage. And so that's always my goal to have just as much fun. I love it. And you're going to be on the stage re- real soon. I'm yeah. so, so jealous of that because that's <laughs> yeah, I'm oh. super excited. What's your, what's your favorite type of environment to perform in? Mm, either cruise shows. I really enjoy doing those um, or just having my own theater. Uh, mm-hmm. So I like theaters that are at least 400 seats up to... I want to say 800 because the bigger, they're just a slightly too big, aren't they? I like mm. the intimacy. Um, and also, I mean, I mean, that's great. That's like my main favorite. But then when it comes to doing close-up, I really like having a, a pre-drink thing right before a big gala or something where people are excited and they're, some of them are a little tired because it was a long day during the conference. And it feels like you're part of the gang in a way. Um, right. So it's very different, uh, but also it, those are my favorite things, I'd say. That sounds like, yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. In your life so far, uh, you've probably seen a lot of magic, but let's, let's step away from that and your favorite magic moments in like TV and movies. What are your I'm favorite? I'm a very big Harry Potter fan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What about uh, Harry Potter draws you to it? Maybe it's the same thing with the anything is possible thing. Like with Harry, he's like, uh, he had no idea he was a magician. And then all of a sudden he's like world famous and can do anything. And then his spoiler ends up killing Voldemort, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a big spoiler right there. If you haven't seen Harry Potter, I'm really sorry. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think as magicians, uh, we're probably supposed to have seen it by now anyways. Yeah, it's, yeah, you kind of have Although to. Although I have not personally, but yeah. What? <laughs> but oh, you've heard about this, I'm sure. Yes. Oh, yeah. No. Okay. So no spoilers here. No, spoiler <laughs> already happened a long time ago. Okay, that's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really like Harry Potter. Um, and also, I really enjoyed Now You See Me, both of them. Yeah, yeah, I I specifically enjoyed they kind of had real methods for yeah. the most part. Yeah. Have you ever talked to Andre Jake? I have not, no. 
No, he was one of the magic consultants for Now You See Me too, at least. Right. So you should look him up. He's actually yeah. very funny. So Yeah, I'd love to talk to him because he's been yeah. doing a lot of uh, a lot of money talk recently. Yes. Yes. Teach, teaching people Patreon about too. money. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think uh, he has a lot of knowledge to, to share with the world. Mm-hmm. Yes, he has. Plus, he's very talented with a deck of cards. It's yes, crazy. and he's a very lovely man. So, awesome. Yeah, you'd have a nice time with him. I, I will definitely reach out to him. <laughs> yes, you should. And uh, maybe what is his name? Uh, Jake? Uh, uh, no, what is his name? Voigt. Oh, Blake Voigt. Blake Voigt. Yes, I really yeah. like that guy too. He's so clever. The yeah, he is. He's very very creative. I I don't know how he does it, but he just somehow always has something new, and it just. It blows my mind, his, the creativity that he has behind the scenes. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 And Tom Ellerfield, same thing there. Tom Ellerfield. Yeah. Wow. He's- he used to be executive producer, executive consultant. Was that it? For uh, Dynamo? Like way know. back? Yeah, okay. I think so. Uh, he's great. Very funny. He's, he currently has this. This is really funny. You guys should look this up. He is currently doing... Uh, like a weekly thing where he's being sent a random prop, like a, an egg cracker, and he has 24 hours to do a trick with an egg cracker. Oh, cool. <laughs> it's very Oh, funny. that's cool. I <laughs> yeah. like that. I think it's on every, any, anybody knows, or what is it called? Anyone knows or something? Oh, I, I think I know what you're talking about. They have uh, that watch. They came out with the watch, right? Yes. No? yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll definitely look that up. That's that sounds like a, a great creativity challenge. It is. How do you get yourself into a creative mindset? Or are you just always creative? No, I'm not. I have a very long periods where I, I can't create anything. And that's when I've been working too much. Um, but I think my way of getting back is to interact with other magicians and other creative people. Uh, so I'm... Well, because of Corona, I, I can't really do it right now. But the idea was this summer to open up and not Hogwarts, but a Rabenwurz. So it's my last name instead of, you know, uh, mm-hmm. because I'm humble like that. Uh, so it's, <laughs> it's going to be a, like a co-working space for magicians here in Stockholm. So it's going to be like, oh. a, like a small membership that you pay to like have everything running, like cleaning and, you know, toilet paper. Because, I mean, those are hard to find. And... Uh, <laughs> And, you know, all of that, like coffee and stuff. And uh, so the idea is to have, like, I actually already have the, the venue for it. Uh, that I, It's my studio. I go there, like, daily. I'm not there right now, but I go there daily. And um, so the idea is to have everyone come there because that's how I feel. I'm the most creative when there's other people, not, like, standing over my cho- shoulder checking that I do it, but more that I want to make it for us, you know. So more Very of cool. a community thing. Yeah. <laughs> So I hope that that's going to open quite soon. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, awesome. that's so cool. Yeah. I love it when magicians are, are working to bring other magicians together. Yes. Yeah. This is my favorite thing to see right now. Cause I, just to be completely honest, there was a time when I just kind of blocked myself off from every magician and just mm. like stayed in my own world and didn't, didn't like look at magic videos, didn't buy anything magic, just like, did my own thing, did corporate shows. and But now yeah. I'm like, if I want to get to a, a further place in my career, I need to learn from every magician I possibly can. 100%. And that's, and that's kind of what uh, the direction of this podcast is, is I learn from these people, 
these mm. amazing magicians around the world. And then everybody else that listens learns alongside myself. Mm. And then hopefully we all get, uh, we all get better mm. in the That's process. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of feel like this is the best time to do it too, because we're not performing and no one is asking us for anything right now. Yeah. So just get off your butt. Don't watch Netflix. And Tom Stone has a great thing where he says that when he needs to create something, he removes all the chairs and places to sit in his house. So like he would put mm. the stools on the tables or, you know, uh, just uh, make the bed impossible to lay in just so he can stand up all the time and create because, because otherwise it kind of feels like it's so easy to get lazy so right. just get up there and try something stand up stand, stand up, up yeah. walk around what, yeah. what's your if you can. what's your favorite way to to kind of escape your mind for a moment if it's if you're like in a in the the middle of a busy tour and you're just like a little frazzled I'm a very big uh, TV show watcher. <laughs> so when I feel like it's being too much, I just uh, rewatch How I Met Your Mother or Friends or something <laughs> like that just to, uh, to have other people think for me, <laughs> right. uh, which, is, which is great. And I love that. And uh, I also read a lot of books. Uh, I try to stay away from magic books when I'm not working. Mm. Uh, I'm currently reading, speaking of, uh, what, is, what is his name, Andre Jeek, um, currently reading um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Have you read it? I have, yeah. That's a good yeah. book. It's a very interesting book. Yeah, highly recommend for anyone who's running their own business to think about what they're doing with their money. Mm -hmm. And definitely mm -hmm. when reading it, think about how to apply it to magic. Because mm -hmm. it's, it's really about real estate but you mm. can apply a lot, almost pretty much everything to the magic industry. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially if you keep, keep your mind focused on that anyways. Yeah. Uh, what other books would you recommend in regards to, you know, just Ooh. anything really that will help further a magic career? There's a book called uh, Save the Cat. It's Save about directing. The yeah, I really Save enjoy that book. Yeah, it's about, um, it, it, well, it's really about writing a script for a TV show or a movie. Uh, and it brings up examples from movies you've already seen. Like uh, in the beginning, they talk about Aladdin. Have you seen Aladdin, the Disney version? Yeah. Um, so in the beginning, you see Aladdin and he runs up and he steals uh, a bread piece, right? A loaf of bread and he has his Abu, the monkey, and then you kind of feel like, oh, he's a thief, you know, he's, he's on my bad boy list. But then he sees these children and he gives the bread to them. And so that's how you save the cat, apparently, according to this book, uh, mm. if I remember it correctly. Uh, but that's how the villain becomes the hero. So they right. show us two sides in a very short period of time. Right, you change and the perspective. Can... Yes, yes. And isn't that what magic is about? You know, right. showing different perspectives. So, um, so yeah, I really recommend that one. Um, for magic books, I just started reading this one. Have you read this one, Bloomberg Laboratories? I have not heard of that. No. No, it's uh, it's uh, was Bye. produced by um, Vanishing Ink a few years back. Andy Gladwin wrote it. Very good book, uh, mainly card tricks. Um, but it's a, it's a guy in Sweden who is not a professional magician, uh, Thomas Bloomberg. He's just very creative and very smart. I think he's like a 
I think he's like an engineer or something uh, full time. But it's uh, it's great ideas for card tricks and for like plots and for methods and uh, very inspiring book. Uh, and also, I like green books. I don't know why, but it, it makes me happy with the green books. So, uh, so that <laughs> it, lo- it looks cool. a lot like a like a university textbook or something, or like an encyclopedia yeah. kind of. Yeah, it has like official yeah, feel to it. Yeah, and I also get very happy when I read uh, Maximum Entertainment. Have you read that one? No. No. Maximum Entertainment. Who's that by? Yeah. Ken Weber. Uh, you should read the two point one because I'm mentioned. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, he gave it to me in, in Vegas last year. He was like, oh, you should read my new book. And I was like, ha, huh, why? I read the old one. He was like, you're in it. I was like, what? <laughs> awesome. Well, it was just, you know, my name, nothing more. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it's a really good book. And that's, that's about everything. So that's about mm-hmm. how you light your show, how you um, make sure that the door in the back don't like shut super hard when it closes, if someone leaves the theater, you know, everything that you need to know. Uh, and it's about how to script your show, how to get ready, how to dress and how to, you know, everything that you need to know. Uh, cue sheets and everything. I love very, it. Wow. Yeah. It's basically the exact book you need if you want to do a theater show. Yes. And I think the underline for the book is uh, director's notes for magicians and mentalists. So oh, very it, cool. it really is directed t- towards us. But I recommend it to like people who are public speakers and, you know, bosses that are doing a lot of presentations and all of that, even though it is aimed for magicians, everyone can benefit from something like this. Right. Like event planners and whatnot too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Perfect. Wow. Mm. That is, and what's the author on that again? Ken Weber. Ken Weber. Awesome. Yeah. He used to be a magician, but I think now he, he's like a money person. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of magicians, there's, you know, they, they just crush it in all the other industries that they jump into. Yeah, maybe it's the look here, nothing here thing, like uh, <laughs> vanishing things. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're just, we're just using our our magic on the rest of the world <laughs> yes. in obscurity. And yeah, it's... I hate when that happens. <laughs> Accidental magic. Yeah. <laughs> so. I have a question that I ask every guest. It's, uh, and I, I think I'm going to continue on not preparing the guest for this question. Cause it's a, it's kind of a weird question, but it's, it's cool. I think I want you to imagine a future situation. Maybe it's like, maybe it's tomorrow. Maybe it's in like five years from now and an evil magician targeted you and erased your any memory of you from the minds of everybody that met you? He had like some magic spell, right? Right? (laughs) And now secretly, you know that there's a way to reverse that spell and to reverse that spell is to be or do something that is so you that it just, it screams Caroline Raven. Just the moment you do or say this one thing, it's so you that it reverses the spell. What would that thing be? It's a very interesting question. Uh, uh, the thing that I say the most is probably I'd rather ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. Mm. Um, 
I've always lived by that. And uh, so either that or I'm not afraid of death. I'm afraid I haven't been alive enough. Oh. Those are the two things that I probably say the most. Um, the, yeah, the, the second quote is actually from a movie called Mr. Nobody. Have you seen it? I have not, no. Oh, it's a beautiful film where it's about a guy who uh, he is faced with a decision when he's very young. His parents divorced and he's standing on the platform of like a, like a train platform and his mother is getting on the train. And in one version, he is sta staying with his father. That's his active decision. And the other one, he's running after his mother and he makes it on, onto the train. And then the third one, he runs after the train, but he didn't make it. And so the movie is about the last living mortal. And there's this, this guy who is interviewing him about his life. And uh, he's telling these three different stories of his life, how three different wives and, you know, everything is completely different. And so he asks him, uh, well, these stories are all great, but which one of the lives did you actually live? And, and then he says, I'm not afraid of death. I'm afraid I haven't been alive enough. And I kind of live the same way. Like the thing where I booked the theater, I'm like, this is crazy. I, I can't do this. Like six cameras, how am I going to manage that? Uh, or how am I going to manage 16 people onto this team? And um, sometimes you just have to say yes. And uh, everything just sort of, you know, makes sense at the end. Mm -hmm. And so does that quote. So, yeah. I love it. That's powerful. Yeah. That, that's very powerful. You should watch that film. It's very good. Yes. I will find it and download it and watch it. Good. Yeah. What else are you going to do during quarantine? So. Right. Yeah. Uh, podcasts and, and learn. That's, yeah. that's my goal. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And then actually this podcast, I want it to continue on even for, I don't, I actually don't see this ever ending. I think I'm just going to keep doing this. And just do it for years and years and years and years. And mm. then I think in 10 years, then I'll, I'll be even better than I am now. And that's exactly what I want. Yeah. And I want, uh, I want to bring other people up along yeah. the way too. Yeah. What's the biggest lesson that you've learned from magic that you apply on your, on your day-to-day -day life? Interactions with people, I'd say. Yeah. Um, a lot of magicians are very socially awkward when they start out. And, well, some of them still are. <laughs> um, but I mean, even though I had it from church, it's uh, when you meet a lot of people, you kind of have to have a very specific way of being an extrovert. Um, even though, I mean, I might seem like a very extrovert person, but in, in the, the fact is that I'm a very introverted person. I need my alone time. Otherwise I don't feel good. I'm not, you know, I get huge headaches when I've been in too many situations with too many people. Uh, I, I just want to be by myself to reload. Uh, so I've learned that like how to interact with new groups and, uh, that actually helps a lot at parties, you know, just talking about other people than myself. Uh, mm -hmm. cause it's easy to be like, Oh, I'm a magician. And then everything is surrounding you the rest right. of the two hours of the party or whatever. And um, I think it's more interesting to, to talk about them. So that's the same thing I do when I'm out performing close-up. It's, it's about their reaction. It's about their feeling of magic or uh, what, what do you do? You know, oh, is this your rubber band? Can I borrow that? Oh, is this your pen? You know, making it something that's, 
that were very special. And I use the same thing when I'm meeting new people outside of magic as well. I rarely talk about my job. Um, because it doesn't really matter. I mean, and if, if they do find out what I do, I have to perform for them for two hours and it's, yeah. it's no fun. I, I just don't want to all the, no, it's not everything that I want to do, but you know, not all the time. I know exactly what you mean. It's uh, you go to a party, all of a sudden you're performing trick yes. after trick all around the, the room and you may not, you may just want it to go there just to, uh, you know, unwind and have fun with friends and whatnot. Yeah, and people don't like it when you ask for their checkbook at the end of the party. <laughs> yeah, <Fair. laughs> I tried that, but it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. So now with, you know, it seems the world is like scared right now to interact with other people. What do you, th what do you see as, you know, magicians being able to perform like a simple card trick to somebody and then having that person actually take the card from them, you know, because. Yeah, everything is going to change. Um, I mean, I use rubber bands in my show all the time and I have them examine them and hold on and yeah, picking a card or sign with my pen. Um, I really don't know how this is going to change, but I mean, if we do find a cure or like an anti thingy or whatever, uh, mm -hmm. th then it's going to go back to normal, I think, uh, because people can't hold on to this forever because we right. don't like it. You know, no one likes this. Um, but in the meanwhile, I think uh, please use a new deck every time you're performing for new people. It's, uh, and ask them to keep the card afterwards. If they sign it, have them keep it. Uh, um, that's good. Yeah, it's because I mean, we, you don't want to use that again, do you? It's uh, I don't know. Right. <laughs> and it's also a great memory, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. I don't really know. What do you think? Yeah, I'm hoping it just goes back to normal. Because mm. then I think... You know, once restaurants and other stuff starts to open, I think it's just inevitable that we'll go back to normal. I just don't know how long mm. it'll take to get to that. It might be still another year from now. Don't mm. know. What about pickpockets? They can't be that close to people. Oh, yeah. Their, their industry is destroyed. Yeah. Wow. No six feet and there. The, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> And then having people on stage yeah. and then interacting with them, like let's say a hypnosis show, even shake mm. someone's hand. That's, I think what I've been thinking about a lot lately is trying to wrap my head around creating a new show. That's kind of like a no touch show. Cause I feel yeah. like that might need to be a thing mm. once, once we can start booking shows again, I mm. think clients are going to be more conscious about that. But, uh, but then again, I, I don't know if that's just wasted time. Yeah, I've been asked to rewrite my show for the cruise because they don't want me using that many people on the stage. Uh, yeah. I see. Yeah, they want me to add more things to music and, you know, things where I'm by myself and no one needs to open a book or think about something. It's just visual magic for them. Right. Or them using something that's on their person. Yeah, Perhaps. clairvoyance is going to be very busy after this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> actually, this is something, I don't know if this would actually work, but you know how you can get people to write down on pieces of paper, we can collect information from the audience. 
Mm-hmm. I was thinking there's got to be some way to for everybody to use their phone and maybe they comment on like your Instagram on your post mm-hmm. and then that is their thing that eventually is their way of adding information you know mm-hmm. instead of filling out a piece of paper they just comment maybe or yeah I don't know just mm-hmm. a, a weird random thought I had that if you guys haven't heard about uh, wiki test you should look that up my Mark Kirstein or something like that. It's called Wikitest. Uh, it's basically the audience member is using their phone and goes into Wikipedia to search for a random word and you can read the word and also a word in the article that they're thinking of. Whoa. Um, it's a great Whoa. trick. That sounds really good. It is really good. Yes. Wikitest. Okay. Yeah. Great That's- trick. I'm going to look into that. Thank you for that. Yeah, of that's, course. And that's, there are many methods for it too. It's very diverse and it's, you can use it on stage and close up and yeah, it's beautiful. I just wrote it with my left hand, by the way, and I will decipher that later. Yeah. <laughs> Good. So what, uh, what would your biggest recommendation for somebody who is just starting out uh, to during this time of quarantine to do to per, to perform or to enhance their skills or to, to dive into magic? Practice as much as you can. That's my number one advice. Uh, if you can, look up tutorials on YouTube because at this very early stage, there is no need for books, I'd say. Um, because books kind of kill the creativity, I think, when it comes to beginners, because it's, it's too much text and it's uh, principles we don't know yet. And uh, it's kind of easy to go into YouTube instead and find a tutorial for, you know, the double lift or peak or uh, fanning or whatever you want to do. Um, so I think that's a good way and just find a way to constantly work on it. I, I sometimes practice new slides when I'm watching a movie or, you know, uh, when me and my boyfriend are driving in the car and I'm just sitting there, I, I just practice. Uh, I think that's a good way to, to kind of get up your dexterity in your fingers. Cause in the beginning it's going to hurt though. Like when you just start doing like cardistry stuff and slides, it's going to hurt, but you, you'll manage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but no need for books in the beginning, I'd say. But at the end, maybe um, when you feel like you mastered the you know easier principles, then it's probably time to get into some books. And um, I personally like the classics more. Um, I really do enjoy uh, Tommy Wonders, the Books of Wonders, uh, or Tom Stone's work is amazing. And um, well, it all depends on what you want to do. But there's like Card College if you're very into cards. Um, but I mean, people only watch two tricks with cards and then they're like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> like right. normal people, they don't really care. <laughs> exactly. And then if they see cards again, they're like, oh, I've seen this trick. Oh yeah. Right? Yes. That's the worst, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But I worked on this for a month. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Joshua J did, um, did a study on this. I think it was a bit like Harvard University or something like that, where they studied what happens in the mind of an audience, uh, depending on like uh, who is the magician and how many tricks do they like and uh, all of that. And I think they came up with that the feeling that they're looking for is wonder. So we're back to the wonder thing again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should look that thing up. I can't remember where it is, but you can probably just email Vanishing Ink to find it. But it was a study and it's published. 
where they talk about what the audience feels and gets out of watching magic. Maybe that's a good way. That's interesting. It's really interesting, especially since it's like Harvard people. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) The clever ones. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) the the smartest people, or so they say, right? Yeah, well, they had the the most money to get into that school, I guess. Isn't that how it works? Uh, True, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in Sweden, we get paid to get to a university, which is great. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. That's really, that's, that's awesome. That's investing for the future. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think I have one more question for you. Okay. And, and then, uh, I know you're really busy and you got that new show coming up. So we'll, we'll get some more info from you on that in a second Mm -hmm. here, but can you share with us your largest or biggest challenge in magic, how you overcame it? And maybe, uh, yeah, let's just start with that. Well, there's two things that comes to mind. Um, the first thing is being a woman in magic, because all magic is created, well, not all, but I want to say 99% of all magic is created by men for men, mainly mm-hmm. with a jacket. Uh, and I don't dress the same way, and my body doesn't work the same way. And um, so, th- so that's one of the obstacles. I had to rewrite a lot of the things that I do, uh, which I do anyways. You know, you, c- you can buy a prop or whatever, and uh, you kind of have to make it your own after a while anyways. But it's kind of hard to redirect how you can use your pockets when you don't have any pockets. Mm. So how can I use my purse or how can I use the table? Uh, Tom Stone actually wrote about this in Genie where he had, he had a purse, like a woman's purse, and he used it for cups and balls. And he had like a thingy in the back, like a hole in the back of the purse that he could just, you know, take out things from, which was great. So I've used that. Interesting. Yeah, it's great. So that was the first thing that I was thinking about. But really, that's not, it's never been an obstacle for me, really. I live in a country where women are being elevated all the time. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's great and all. So the biggest one is probably getting accepted by the other magicians here in Sweden. Because I've only been doing magic for, well, I've been doing it all my life, really, but uh, professionally since 2014. And uh, in the beginning, there was a lot of jealousy. Like, uh, how is she the person who gets to be on TV after only doing magic a year and all of that stuff? Because I am a woman, I got to do all of these things. I got to be the cover of loads of magazines. And I mean, bring pretty helps. But, you know, it's I also worked a lot to be able to be the kind of performer that I am. It's it's not, you know, like I didn't work. Uh, there was a lot of jealousy in the beginning. Uh, and when I was putting together where the magic happens, I think about two or three weeks before the premiere of the show, I was sitting with, uh, with my colleagues here in Stockholm after someone else had been performing and everyone went there to support them, you know, as we should. Uh, buy tickets to go see other magicians perform. It's good for us. Yes, <laughs> and, uh, yes, that, that's yes. the way and, to do it. And let them be the only performer. Do not perform yes. anything in the yes. lobby. Yes, please. <laughs> and don't ask for free tickets because it's just rude. Exactly. Uh, everyone has $15. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, we were sitting there after having a beer and this guy came up to me and he said, well, he's been doing magic for like 40 years or something. And he said, uh, so what are you going to do when you get a bad review? What are you going to do when people don't laugh? What are you going to do when people are not mesmerized anymore? What are you going to do when you get too old to be flying on the part of being you know, young and pretty? And he was really trying to put me down. Hmm. And I've been seeing that 
a lot in the Swedish community of magicians. Uh, but then I did the tour and I sold out everywhere, every city. And after that, nice. everything just changed. Um, but I see a lot of jealousy, a lot of uh, people who want, uh, who, who don't want people to be doing good things. So that's an obstacle that I, I still struggle with. I still see that. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that people just didn't think that I was going to say, you know, I, mm. I was the girl who just decided to do magic for a while. And then it, it just ended up being an empire, you know? Yeah. That's <laughs> but, amazing. Uh, yeah, nice work. Nice face. work. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but I went home that night and I was crying and it was hard. And, you know, I was like, what if they're right? You know, having yeah. the feeling of being bullied all my life. And then this happens right before my premiere. And um, I was like, well, what do I do with this information? Do I either, you know, uh, apologize to everyone and be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm canceling everything. Uh, or do I just go all in and hope for the best? And uh, I decided to do the later. And um, yeah, here we are. It's, uh, it's been a great journey. And it's like I wake up so many times and I think to myself, like, how did this become my life? Mm -hmm. uh, and it's because of all the reasons, you know, everything that we've talked about, but also the ability I have to always say yes uh, to everything. Um, like the first time I did a TED talk, I was like, I've never given a public speech like this. <laughs> and then I was like, yes, of course I'll do it, you know? <laughs> and then it's ended up being three in less than 18 months. And um, wow. I think, yeah, so you just have to believe in yourself in a way. It's, and it's hard at times. It's hard when people tell you that you can't or you shouldn't or you're not the right person. <laughs> but are they? I mean, look at the person who's saying that to you. Is that the right, right person to do it? it? Most of the time, it's not. Most of the time, it comes from a place of jealousy or uh, too much time on their hands, especially right now. I see a lot of people online who are giving people so much shit for things that they're doing. And it's not because of you. It's not because of your ability. It's, it's probably more about them, like what, the demons that they're struggling with. So, so I think for me, I just try to not take it personally anymore. And, and now I have a great resume. So whenever I feel, you know, sad or anything like that, I can just look at that and be like, oh, yeah, I, I did the premiere and I did hire the limo with the champagne and it was great. And I had my after party. <laughs> and nice. I was so drunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was actually so drunk. I ordered um, a gin and tonic and the bartender was like, it's better you just chew on this. And he gave me a cucumber. <laughs> and I was like, huh, thank you. <laughs> that was a great night. Awesome. Well done. Yeah, that's, well, thank you. that's incredible. You've You've built, like you just said, you've built an empire. You've, you've, you've built a, a very strong brand and a lot of people can take a lot of lessons from what you've been able to accomplish and what you've done and all the work that you've put in behind the scenes. It's incredible and inspiring. Thank you. So, but then again, I didn't do it by myself. Yes. I could not do this by myself. Yes. Uh, so actually one more, one more quick question about that is how would you or not how let's go what would your recommendation be on starting to build a team hmm. great question i think it all comes down to you finding out what you are good at uh, in my case 
I'm very good at connecting with the audience. I'm very good at being in the moment and uh, finding things in the room that's very funny. So for me, I'm looking at people who will bring out the better part of that. Like how, how can I find a director who will uh, see the funny parts and will remove, you know, when I get very nervous, I have a tendency to make sexual jokes, <laughs> and, which is okay. very funny. Like in the, like when I get nervous in my show, I, I use a lot of that's what she said, or that's a face I would like to sit on, you know, all of that. And, <laughs> and you know, oh, and no. when my agent is in the audience, she's laughing so hard and she's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Uh, and then she knows something is wrong, you know, maybe a thread broke or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's in finding those people who can really look at your work and be proud of the work you're creating together. Uh, and, and so my director is, he's not a magician. He's, um, he's actually a clown uh, and a burlesque dancer, which is really cool. And he's a guy. Hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, he's amazing. I uh, highly recommend him, actually, if, if you're working. I don't know if he's working abroad, but his name is Nalle. Uh, he's amazing, which means teddy bear in Swedish, which is very cute. Mm. Yeah. So um, think about the people that you would like to elevate you. Like for me, I wanted someone who can see what I do and lift it up to the next level and make me comfortable enough to drop everything that I do not want in my show because I want my show to be clean. Um, and so that's my first part. And then think about the people that, uh, if, if, you have a, if you're a comedy magician, let's say, uh, who is your favorite local comedian? Can you reach out to that person? Can you make your show funnier? Can maybe that person come see your show and, oh, here's a line that I would use. Or, you know, find a way to, well, basically it comes down to this. What is your show? What would you want better? Who around you can provide that for you? Yes. In my case, I just happen to find, uh, I have a lot of very creative friends. Uh, and Stockholm is a very small city of only like a, a million people. And the industry of entertainers is, you know, very, very small. Mm -hmm. uh, so for me, it was kind of easy to find uh, the right people around here because they're basically the people who comes to my parties. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's uh, just friends, you know. Mm. That's, that's amazing. You've been able to surround yourself with incredible people and what seems like just a very natural way, like it's just, you just, it seems like that's just who you are mm -hmm. is to, is to be around those types of people. And it's, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, and I think it's important too to be open because it's um, a lot of times I feel and this can happen to me too during like a brainstorming session where I bring out an idea and it's so easy to be like, okay, th this idea is so good or this show is so good. I don't criticize it, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but it's very important to drop ego and for the people who you invited there, you, you invited them because you like their ideas most of the time, right? Yes. So ha let them have their ideas and let it be something that you just boil down together. Because otherwise, if you let ego come in, come in it's going to be very expensive for you because the time you're using is going to be, you know, wasted. Right. Um, so, I mean, for the first time, if you're doing this for the first time, think about maybe four people that you like and, uh, and people that is around your community. And well, now we have the opportunity of FaceTime or, you know, Zoom or whatever, uh, but find those people, three, four, maybe five and invite them for let's say 45 minutes and you don't pay anything. You know, if you see them live, buy them lunch or coffee or a beer or whatever, and just talk about this idea that you have. 
uh, most of the times you're going to be very impressed by the things that people are thinking. Uh, if you do have a video, send it to them in advance, and uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, you know like a 45 minutes, an hour, maybe two hours of people just giving you ideas, giving you inspiration and energy, uh, a way that you would not find if you're sitting by yourself and trying to produce a show. Right. It's uh, it's like creating a mastermind essentially. Yeah. I like yeah. it. That's, I just want to thank you. You've given and shared so much valuable information over the past hour or so. And I am so grateful for that. So thank you so much for, for, for sharing. <laughs> thank you for your time. And how can people find you? What's, what's the best ways in all the different platforms? Well, my biggest platform is Instagram. So that's Raven the Magic. So it's R A V N Magic. So it's Raven without the E, which is actually Danish for Raven. Uh, my real name is Nilsson, but it's not a very good magician name, so I changed it to Raven. Uh, <laughs> uh, interesting. Yeah, so, yeah, not sure that Jamie Raven agrees. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so that's the best way, this way to find me. You can also find me on carolineraven.com. So that's my, uh, my website. And uh, I'm on YouTube and Facebook and, you know, I do get a lot of messages on my Instagram. And if you do want to connect with me, don't just write hi, because I'm not going to reply. <laughs> uh, but if you write like, hi, I love you on this, or I have this question, then I will. Because um, I get a lot of, you know, hi, how are you? And I'm like, yeah, I <laughs> just, don't Just people waving. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, and I would love to help. If you do have something you're working on, just give me a shout and I'll see what I can do. I don't have like multiple hours of time to give you, but mm -hmm. I mean, 15 hours of a Skype call is nothing. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm very happy to help, especially now. It's not like I'm doing anything else. Fair. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody definitely go check her out on and connect with her because yeah, I want to thank you again so much um i apologize for saying your name wrong earlier no, it's, it's a swedish name caroline raven it's a very caroline caroline raven all right yeah it's very hard but most people <laughs> say caroline raven and that's fine perfect <laughs> sounds cooler too well thank you so thank much you. once again and maybe we'll have you on again in the future that'd be amazing there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was Caroline Raven from Stockholm, Sweden. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned a lot and have a lot of notes taken down. Uh, be sure to listen to this one again because she drops a lot of valuable information throughout this podcast. And yeah, yeah, man, I, I'm diving into this information right now. I'm contacting a local theater right now. So... Uh, yeah, thanks guys for tuning in once again for your time, for your attention, and we'll see you on the next episode. Have a good day.